What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, Short Shifts Edition. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me for the first time in a long time, about a year, uh, somebody with whom I have podcasted several times in the past, both on his show and on the Keeping Carlson Podcast Network. Uh, and frankly, the first person I ever, and you know, you never forget your first podcast partner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am of course talking about Jesse Severe of the fantasy hockey life podcast. Jesse, how are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday evening, my friend? Well, I'm doing great then. I, I appreciate that, man, that we've had some good times. Like, you know, we should be singing the way we were or something like that, because we've had some great podcasts over the years. It's true. And tonight is going to be the best ever. Darn right it is. Darn right. Now, <laughs> are we talking about hockey? I forget. Yeah, no, um, we're talking about a lot of things. I guess we'll get into the hockey of it all now. Um, <laughs> uh, what's really fun about this show, or this episode, though, Jesse, is that your your podcast partner, Victor Nuno, was on with my podcast partner on Tuesday. I feel like it's uh, it's the unofficial FHL week on Short Shifts. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I listened to that episode the other day and, uh, you know, Victor has laid it down and now I'm going to have to try to sound at least half as smart as him. Ditto me and Lewis. So uh, let's <laughs> let's hope, let's try and prove that we can keep up with our, our podcast co-hosts. And uh, yeah, let's hop right into the news. Um, and I want to start with a player who I don't think we've actually talked about this season, despite the, just because all of the updates have been so incremental. It's like, what is there even really to say? But I'm referring to Nikolai Ehlers uh, of the Winnipeg Jets, who hasn't played in NHL game in about a month at this point. Um, and somebody who I remember two games into the season went uh, went on day to day, missed a game, then missed two. And it was like, oh, yeah, he might be back next week or so. And it was just one of those injuries where the timetable kept getting pushed. And today it was said nothing is off the table with Ehlers, who uh there's a possibility of surgery at this point. Uh, I have Nikolai Ehlers in two keeper leagues. I'm a little bit terrified of what's going on here. Jesse, if you have Ehlers in a keeper or a redraft league, what are you thinking at this point? I mean, the you must be at least, a, you must be pretty nervous by now. Well, the good thing about Nick Ehlers is he's above that line where it's should I drop this guy? And he's, I think he's above the line to the point where it's like, no, I'm just going to be screwed. I, you know, I've just got this guy. I'm going to have to stash him on IL. I can't drop him in a, a keeper league. Uh, if I really am desperate and I'm trying to win now and I'm really getting nervous about it. Yeah. I could try a sell low type trade, but you know, he had that low, he's got a, a low body injury. It said he was skating on his own on Wednesday, uh, then, but I guess, uh, now we're getting even more pessimistic reports. Yeah, no, I mean, and maybe I, I think what was said today is just that he's not skating now and we have no further info to go off of. But yeah, just I maybe it's just a tone thing. But the the way that it's being discussed today and the way that people are discussing it on social media really makes it seem as though Nikolai Ehlers may not be back for quite a while. Uh, I think in a one year league, I guess I would say. I would probably be pretty okay with selling if you can get anywhere close to, you know, like I would, I would sell for 80, 70 cents on the dollar. I don't know if I would go much, much lower than that. I guess it depends on where I am in the standings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
if it sounds like I don't have much advice to give on this, it's because it's kind of hard to say because we have we have very little info to base our decision off of. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, I, I don't know what you can. There's no informed thing that you can absolutely say you you will be right about. We're doing with this guy right now, so I I, I don't know uh, you know what you're going to do. Either hang on for dear life or try to see what you can get. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, if you do have questions, hit us up on Twitter at ShortShitsKK, uh, and we will do our very, very, very best to give you uh, info, our, our takes at the very least. Uh, moving to another injury, a second player who, of course, is on my fantasy rosters, that's Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, who the Wild announced yesterday had sustained an upper body injury and was quickly put on the injured reserve list. The Wild also don't seem particularly interested in providing clarity on this injury timeline. I wouldn't say if he'd be out longer than the one week required for teams to place a player on injured reserve. Uh, In Fleury's stead, Philip Gustafson appears to be in line for starts, uh, had started slow this season with two stinkers at the start of the year, but has been really great in the three starts since. Uh, All three of which have been quality starts. He's allowed just five goals across that stretch. Uh, what's the play here, Jesse? Are you are you stoked on Gustafson at this point? Are you looking, you know, into the future? They didn't call up Jesper Walstead, but I know a lot of pro- prospect folks are kind of salivating at the prospect. Oh, for sure, and I, that's the long term play. I, I think I'm seeing live here that uh, that uh, Gustafson may have given up two goals on four shots in the first period to Pittsburgh tonight. But Ooh. by the time people are listening to this, they'll know a little bit more. But you know, Gustafson is maybe a little bit better than people think. As you say, there's been some good things. He's been a slight negative and even strength goals above expected, but Fleury was even worse than him. Yep. You know, the one note on uh, Philip uh, that I found when I was looking on natural stat trick is among the 73 goalies that they're tracking, he's got the most rush attempts against per 60, 5.05 and second place is 4.53 rate. So he's being hung out to dry by the Minnesota Wild defense. And uh, he's he's due for a little bit of luck. I would think as the team hopefully will bounce back and put a little bit in front of him, he will be able to do something for Minnesota. So, yeah, I would be interested in Gustafson. Yes, I definitely um, would add him depending on who's available. What I've noticed in a lot of my leagues is there are actually a fair number of starters still around just because it's the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of teams are still playing musical goalies. Um, So I would have added Gustafson in the league where I had Marc-Andre Fleury, but I didn't get the IR spot cleared in time because uh, one of my uh, league mates added him before uh, Fleury even hit the IR list. Um, But I waited an extra day and I was able to get James Reimer, who I'm very fine with uh, instead uh, Jonas Corposalo was out there until today, you know, like there's a fair number of goaltenders still available depending on where you, uh, depending on your, your league. And so I don't know, th- do you remember a time in fantasy hockey when there were this many starting goalies that you could just like, I know zero goalie is a thing for a reason, but it feels like this year in particular, I have access to goalie starts whenever I could possibly want one. Yeah, for sure. I, I I would I haven't done this, but it, it makes me want to go and look at how many more even splits we're getting with goalies because that just puts more guys into that situation. You know, if you've got effectively fifty guys who you're counting on for multiple starts a week or something like that, um, I I don't know that number, but yeah, that, I think there always are. It seems like somebody who's coming up uh, who you could add, especially in daily leagues once those types of things get announced. 
So yeah, Gustafson is not, you know, definitely, I'm not expecting him to run away with, with anything. And he's, you know, a, a distant third here, but for sure he is a guy maybe to consider, but I'd like Reimer more. That's a good one. And another goaltender injury in Buffalo where Eric, Mike Comrie, uh, the start, the Sabres de facto starter goes down on Wednesday night. The Sabres have since called up uh, our boy Uko Pekka Lukanen, joining Craig Anderson as the current tandem in Buffalo. Uh, Sabres had been hot to start the year, but have really fallen off of late. They've lost seven straight, all in regulation, which is the most Sabres possible outcome. Uh, it reminds <laughs> me of my favorite linguistic sentence uh, or, you know, favorite sentence for the linguistic nerds out there. Uh, this this really de- defines the Sabres to me. Buffalo, 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 uh, which roughly translated means the Sabres are a dumpster fire. And uh, that is a grammatically correct sentence. Uh, You can look it up Uh, in the short term with Comrie down. Anderson has been fine this season. He's got a nine, 10 save percentage on the year, a positive goal saved above average rate. But his more recent games have been the slumpers. Uh, similarly with Comrie, actually, he started hot and this has really cooled off and his season long numbers show a bit on the higher side as a result. Uh, Jesse, interest in Anderson or or potentially UPL, depending on how old Donnie Meatballs decides to parcel out those starts? I am a known UPL lover. I love my Uka, my Pekka and my Lukanen. They're like snap, crackle and pop to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I don't see Buffalo as being the play here at all. I mean, l- like you said. They've gone seven straight games without a win as we're checking this here tonight. And the upcoming schedule isn't particularly kind either. Buffalo is going to have Toronto on Saturday, not looking to stream somebody in, even if there was an open spot in my goalie on Saturday, which there's not. Then they got a nice back-to-back next Tuesday, Wednesday, and then New Jersey the day after Thanksgiving on also a very full day. And New Jersey's a little bit hot right now. I don't think I want to find him there. So basically between Anderson and Uka Pekalukanen, I'm looking at maybe one start that would be worth anything to me for the next week and a half. So I'm not going out there looking for it right now. Also, there's also the hangout to dry factor here. I I, I kind of feel like either Craig Anderson or Uka Pekalukanen could get blown up and just left in there to suffer because they're just not enough guys. You know, um, may, maybe on Toronto you could bring somebody in because they'll have some rest after that. But I don't know, Ben. I, I'm I'm not excited about this. Not a lot of streamworthiness coming up. Buffalo is letting us all down. Yeah. Uh, I'm disappointed, too, because, I mean, I I made a joke about this earlier in the season that uh, as I was uh, adding Eric, Mike, Comrie in all of my leagues, uh, I, I really felt like a lot of my mental health in that moment was dependent on Eric Comrie panning out as a fantasy <laughs> goalie. And I'm very disappointed to see that that didn't happen because it really would have uh, really would have made my fall. Um, <laughs> but hey, that's uh, that's just uh, how this works. And that's the the stress of the zero the zero G strategy is you're going to add some stinkers and, and you're just hoping that over the over the aggregate you get you wind up with somebody who's very good. And hey, maybe that'll become Jimmy Reimer. That would be nice for me anyway. Um, one more injury to get to, and that is in Columbus, as we are obviously uh, deep in the pockets of big Columbus. We are required legally to discuss the team every single episode. Uh, Lewis and Victor talked about Patrick Line's injury on Tuesday, and they also discussed his replacement on line one power play one in Emil Bemstrom. 
Uh, Jake Bean was the latest defender on the Jackets blue line to hit the great injury reserve in the sky out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. Uh, and the Jackets, as a result, you know, the they got the the ball was in their court and they smashed it right back. They've put someone named Marcus Bjork on the top power play to replace Jake Bean, who himself had been replacing several other injured defensemen. Uh, Bjork has played just two NHL games, but a pretty solid start for him. A goal and an assist, plus three shots, six hits, and four blocks in those two games. Not bad at all. And now he gets a shot on the top power play tonight. So, Jesse, any thoughts on these guys that are getting are, are kind of in some interesting spots over in Columbus? Man, Bjork, <clears throat> I, I, he's been uh, three-tenths of a point per game in the SHL for four years, and he's going to turn 25 next week. I, I don't know. All I can say, Ben, is sign P.K. Subban, you cowards. Come on, Columbus. Get with the program. Uh, as far as Bemstrom is concerned, I mean, there's I, and I, I, I should go back and listen to what what Take Victor had on that and, and, and Lewis. But I, I think that actually Bemstrom's got some pretty good stats over time. If you look at it, uh, even though he's barely played, Bemstrom actually is uh, and, and actually Bjork is the other of the top two guys in points per 60 on the blue jacket so far this year. And if you expand to the four years of Benstrom's career, uh, looking at the scoring rates for Columbus blue jackets, who've had at least a thousand minutes. And so for him, he's had 120 games, 121st going tonight, but he's, he's played less than 12 minutes a night all this time. And his points per 60 of 1.61 is 14th out of 33 players in the blue jackets to do that. So basically his scoring rate has been between Boone Jenner and Zach Wierenski. That's where he falls on the scale. So he hasn't had the time in the lineup. Maybe something else will come out when he gets that greater opportunity. He certainly has the opportunity to get a couple of uh, nice uh, line mates. On the other hand, um, <laughs> they tried to sneak him through waivers, did they not, like a week ago? So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's kind of hard to say that that is, uh, that is a terribly promising type of thing. And I didn't see, is he in the lineup tonight? There was a chance he was also going to get scratched for for injury. Oh, I didn't even see that. Uh, yeah, we'll take a look and, uh, yeah. keep your eye on the Columbus lineup as I mean, yeah. do I even have to tell listeners to keep their eye on, on the Columbus yeah. lineup? Cause God, is there a more interesting team in the NHL? He is, he is in the lineup tonight. He's, he's played yeah. 10 minutes so far. About yeah, that's, the game. that's not bad at all. Yeah. 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 Good old Bemstrom. So uh, who, who knows? I mean, it's all it, it's this whole thing about th- this is a vacuum and and it's a lot like Comrie. You know, pe- we wanted to project because it's a vacuum, somebody's got to fill it and they've got to be valuable. And sometimes there's truth to that, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes somebody just goes into the black hole and is sucked into the vortex and nothing good ever comes out of it. And then other times you get the opportunity and you produce. So, you know, you're 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 rolling the dice. This is not elite talent necessarily that we're talking about, but uh you've found opportunity that is loosening up with Columbus having uh, this gaping hole in their lineup. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jesse. We are going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we've got some streaks to talk about. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm here with Jesse Severe of the Fantasy Hockey Life podcast. Jesse, uh, the second half of the show is typically when we get into our hot streaks, our cold streaks. And I want to start with a player who uh, kind of torched the uh, the best NHL player in the world yesterday, 
that's Trevor Moore playing for the LA Kings who beat up on Connor McDavid's Edmonton Oilers three to one last night. Uh, Trevor Moore with a hat trick on Wednesday, now up to 15 points in 19 games. That is a 65 point pace for a player who about a year ago took the fantasy world by storm, had everyone saying, who? (laughs) (laughs) uh my favorite thing about trevor moore right now though is that la is the only team with two off night games next week so i had streamed more in in a few spots i was just absolutely loving the game last night and what's great for Moore this season is he's actually averaging more than three shots per game his power play time on ice is way up it was hard to believe in him last year given he came from nowhere and we were unsure if the deployment would hold but at this point, I, I kind of see this as a sustainable pace. So, you know, just 28% rostered on Yahoo, probably the best streamer that is available in 70% of leagues over the next two weeks. Um, I had mentioned LA's great upcoming schedule on a week with a glut of games on the same nights. That's, you know, during the American Thanksgiving next week. So I'm wondering what you think about more and, and if there were any other LA streamers that you're interested in right now. One interesting thing about LA streamers in general, I've spent way too much time thinking about LA King streamers in the last like four days because they also had roughly the best schedule this week. So yes. that's going to be two weeks in a row that they're uh, that way, which probably means that the Kings on your wire have been picked clean a little bit in your streamer type leagues. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, here's my controversial take. Trevor Moore is is red hot right now. He's done a lot of great things. I, I don't know that I don't like Victor Arvidsson more than him. And Victor Arvidsson is less rostered than him in Yahoo. Uh, I think Arvidsson's, uh, yeah, his 7.5% shooting, it should rise up. Arthur Kaliev has the most points per 60 this season of Kings full-timers, but he gets fewer minutes. You know, I mean, Moore obviously has that greater deployment. Uh, so he, he gets a little bit more there. So really, I guess uh, you almost can't go wrong. There are several good targets if one of them is still available in streamer land, you, you're definitely going to hit them. I know uh, Thomas, uh, my, my friend Thomas and I are in the NFHC, uh, the National Fantasy Hockey Championship, and we stream both Philip Deneau and uh, Sean Dersey this week uh, into our lineup, and we've been pleased with the results, I guess, so far. Um, so, yeah, um, grab some Kings if there are any Kings left, and why not? Trevor Moore is good as anybody else. I think I like more more than Arvidsson. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it's actually particularly close for me. Uh, Arvidsson, I had so much hope for him coming into the NHL and he was amazing. I don't think that Trevor Moore is likely to be better than Arvidsson was when he first came in the league. But I think at this point with the injuries, with the inconsistency in terms of being of the, the unavailability of Victor Arvidsson, and with the shots from Trevor Moore at this point, I mean, the the nice thing about Victor Arvidsson as a fantasy asset was that you were, no matter what, if he was hot or cold, you were going to get three shots a game. If I'm getting three shots a game from Trevor Moore and he's putting up points and he's locked into the same deployment as Victor Arvidsson, I don't really see any reason to prefer Victor Arvidsson. You, you make, uh, make a solid point. He does have more shots per game right now and his shooting percentage is not absolutely out of bounds. I, oh, I yeah. do think though that these guys are they're within range of one another. And and yes. so we could have ebbs and flows as the season goes along. And frankly, I, I still kind of see him in not necessarily like a 12 team 
long-term locked-in starter type role. So we're, we're talking about guys who are going to be streaming in and out. So yeah. both of them are options for me. And, and I, you know, a season to taste, basically, um, which one yes. of them you you prefer. I agree with that. I, I I chose more over Arvidsson this week, but yeah, I, I definitely think there are other. There will be times this year where Arvidsson is the guy. Uh, the other name is Kaliev, who uh, Lewis and and Victor talked about, and yeah, the any of that group. I'm I prefer to you know Joe second liner first power play on a on a bottom half NHL team uh, next week who's not even going to get in my roster because he only plays Tuesday Thursday Saturday. Give me the guys who are playing twice next week, especially in those twelve team leagues that you mentioned where you can kind of stream in uh as as needed so yeah i i think that uh keeping your eye on la kings that are available in your league is is a smart way to go about the next few days and and heading into next week uh given the fact that next week is going to be a dead zone for streaming uh next we're going to go to a cold streak in st louis and this came from a discord uh, a member of the keeping carlson discord group andy who says, yo, are we sneezing on Rob Thomas? Dude is doing nothing. Uh, And I mean, fair enough to Andy, Rob Thomas coming off a point per game season. He has just 11 points in 15 games played, which is, you know, not even that bad, but pacing for just 60 points. Um, I guess it's tougher with Robert Thomas to see a slump though, because he doesn't he even he doesn't even shoot. He doesn't hit at all, but he like he's a 1.5 shot per game kind of guy. Um, what I do really like about Rob Thomas, though, is when you dig into those underlying numbers, that on ice shooting percentage is ripe for rebounding. It's about a half of what I expected to be about six and a half percent. The first thing that helps me believe in Thomas is that very, very low rate that his teammates are scoring uh, when he's on the ice. But what makes me really excited about Rob Thomas this year is his opportunity looks incredible. His minutes are up on at even strength and on the power play. He's playing about 20 minutes a night for the first time in his career. And he's been the Blues' number one center all year, playing with the two best wingers in Buchnevich and, and Tarasenko. You could argue that Jordan Cairo is, should be considered one of the two best. But guess what? Robert Thomas is on a stack top power play with Booch, Tarasenko, and Kairu. So basically perfect, ideal uh, deployment for Robert Thomas. No, he's not going sh- to shoot enough for him to be valuable for you when he's not putting up points. But given the fact that his line mates have been terribly snake bitten when he's on the ice, I think he's very clearly a buy low Maybe less so in a categories league and, you know, in a bangers league, I, you do have to rejig that sort of that valuation, but I'm very into Robert Thomas and Jesse, before you tell me how you feel about him, please keep in mind, I just bid $40 to get him off the waiver wire in tier two of the cupful and my mental health does depend on your answer. So, you know, <laughs> you people, you are getting what you should have expected to get from Robert Thomas. This mm. this is about what you should expect. Like I said, he's close to point per game. In fact, he has a power play assist tonight. And um, it looks like Shen so far, and again, sorry for all these live updates, like you really want them right now, but we're in the second period of this uh that's what people listen to this show for jesse i don't you you don't need to apologize for that the keeping carlson (laughs) podcast network is where people go to find out what was happening in a game 36 hours ago 
Well, I think right now it's presenting new information because they're destroying Charlie Lindgren out there. The mm-hmm. Capitals are getting them healthy here in a hurry. And he already has a power play assist tonight. And and Shen has a point. Tarashenko's got two points. So he's he's basically neck and neck for the lead of points on the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. Not only is his line snake bitten right now, this whole team is snake bitten then. I mean, I, I think people have, have discerned this, but last year the Blues were number one in shooting percentage. This year they're number 29. Okay, the whole point of this team was get those high quality shots and put them in. And Rob Thomas was able to get those suckers to Vlad Tereschenko on a regular basis and and let him slam them home. And that's just not happening so far this year. Uh, maybe they're getting healthy by by playing against uh, playing against the Caps right now because they've already put up a three spot on seven shots in the first period. But um, yeah, I I think. It, I, I wouldn't say he's cold. I, I would say that Rob Thomas never shot, and you shouldn't expect him to in the future, even though uh, we talked in the offseason to uh, the St. Louis Blues beat writer on Fantasy Hockey Life and said they've really emphasized to him that he needs to shoot more. Apparently that message hasn't hit because he's just a shot-and-a-half type guy. Yeah. But his scoring is fine, and he's still got great deployment. Uh, things will come around. Uh, you know, you're going to get the 70-point pace, which, frankly, again, I think that's what you probably should have expected coming in. You wouldn't go higher, eh? Given the deployment, I to me, I think I see the 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 point per game or higher given his deployment. Because last year he wasn't getting top power play. Last year he was getting the even strength minutes, but we're seeing a jump of like I don't know, two minutes a night. Is that right? Eighteen fifty. I think he's playing about twenty minutes a night. It's yeah. I don't know. To me, I think there's opportunity to build on that 87 point pace last year. Maybe 87 is a touch high for him. The shooting percentage was was too high at 17 percent. I don't see him scoring 20 goals on 115 shots if that's where his shooting rate stays. But I I do think the assists come back like I I think. Yeah, I see him as a above a point per game guy rest of the season. Well, you might have a point, um, Ben, because last year he was seventh on the team in power play time on ice. Now, that was prorated. There's a couple of guys who missed the mm-hmm. games. This year, he's number one on the team in yeah. power play time on ice. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's definitely getting that deployment in a way that he wasn't even last year. You know, David Perron has moved on in others. But yes, yeah, I, I, I uh, you know, it, it's possible. Maybe I, I, it's great inflation. Then it's like how you millennials think everybody deserves an A all the time in every single class. And I'm like. Back in my generation X days, man, 70 points made 70 points. You know, it was like going down to the corner store and, and giving them a nickel and getting two candy bars. I, I don't know what you're saying. I just see you <laughs> flailing and shaking your fist at clouds, and it's very confusing to me. Um, I'm going to – maybe if you made a TikTok, I would understand. But uh, no, I, I, it sounds like we're kind of – Similar, like we're landing in similar spots, but just with slightly different expectations for for where to go. But in general, clearly, both of us are are interested in Robert Thomas and not cutting bait if he's on our fantasy team at this point. For sure, for sure. If if we're not twitching, we're ticking around here. What is it with uh, these young people and their involuntary muscle spasms? That's a great question. What is it with young? It must be all the amphetamines. Uh, (laughs) One more streak to get into here tonight, Jesse, (laughs) and that is in Carolina with Martin Natchez. Patron Kev asked us about Natchez's cold streak, which I probably wouldn't have identified him if I hadn't asked on the on the patron only discord group. Uh, To me, you know, one he has two points in his last five. Kev referred to it as 
going pointless in four of his last five, which fair enough. I mean, Natchez had been on pace for 126 points uh, prior to that five game stretch. Um, but he has dropped now to a below 100 point pace, which I, I'm sure is uh, very troubling for the Natchez uh, managers in among us. Uh, but, you know, other than those points, and I do think, you know, this early in the season, a guy like Natchez, who's just absolutely decimating our expectations, it does make sense to check in on him a little bit more regularly than we might, you know, in January or February when he goes through a random cold stretch. Um, but looking at Natchez, other than those points being low over that five-game stretch, I kind of think things look pretty decent under the hood. Still getting 20 minutes a night, top power play with the best players on the Canes, still shooting three shots a game across that five-game sample. If anything, I, I kind of see this stretch as normalizing Natchez's full-season numbers. Like, there was obviously regression coming for that 126-point pace, uh, and now we're seeing it's starting to normalize a bit. I would expect, you know, rest of season, we see him around a 65, 70 point pace, maybe over the rest of the season. Is that too high or too low for you, Jesse? Well, yeah, you you make a great point about it. Normalizing in his uh, first few games, he had 34 shots and seven goals. He was over 20% at that point. And then his next 15 shots that he had in the last few games, he didn't have any goals. So now his shooting is at 14.3% which is closer to his career rate, although still over mm-hmm. it. So that seems to be to be much more reasonable in what you can expect in the end. And I mean, not that, you know, this is necessarily predictive. I think what you're talking about, the 70 point pace going forward is reasonable. So we're not talking about, you know, what, what he's already got in the bank, he's got in the bank, but for the rest of the season on a 70 point pace uh, for that period, um, you know, he, he has missed a couple games of points. I'll note he already has one tonight as an assist to uh, Sebastian Ajo. I did look into his deployment a little bit, and his lines have been shaken up a little bit as far as who's, who he's playing with. He was playing with Jesperi Kotkaniemi a lot and uh, really kind of thriving a lot in his scoring at that time. I don't know if it's a coincidence that they've kind of moved the lines around a little bit, but he's playing a little bit more with Sebastian Ajo tonight. Uh, who was the guy he assisted on a goal for. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, you know, people who had 120-point dreams for Martin Achas, um, you know, the, those are the types of people you should have sold him uh, to for Connor McDavid after week one. But um, that's simply not, you know, a reasonable, rational expectation. I think Nechas, uh 70-point type pace from here on out is uh, a reasonable, moderate expectation. Yeah. All right. Hey, we did it, Jesse. We got through another <laughs> short shift. I'd say we've we've passed the 30-minute mark on the record. I don't know with the edit if, if it'll come in under 30. But I think that means we've officially made it to a long shift. And Jesse, as far as guest, guest hosts go, couldn't have asked for a better one tonight. Thank you so much for joining. Where can people find you online and uh, and, and find your work? You should look for the podcast Fantasy Hockey Life anywhere you're going out in there and looking. And if you're not sure where to look, go to Twitter, Fan Hockey Life, all one word, is how you can catch me and all our new episodes as they tweet out. Do you think it would be actually more practical if you gave out your the Fantasy Hockey Life Mastodon link at this point? <laughs> <laughs> we have to create one. We're yeah, going no. to, you know, um, we've got to get some big saber-tooth bones and you know try to put a Mastodon together. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works if you have to have that big, you know, pelt. Uh, mm-hmm. or or what it is, but Mastodon is, is new to all of us, Ben. 
Yeah, let's just take a quick 15 and we'll both set up Mastodon accounts for our uh, podcasts. And <laughs> I think that the Twitch stream will really enjoy watching that happen. Uh, Jesse, yeah. no, thank you so much for hanging out. It's been uh, it's been great to have you on the show and we look forward to you joining us again in the future. Great. I'd love to. Thanks, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone for joining us, for the listeners at home, and for those who are following us at twitch.tv slash keeping Carlson. Shouts out to our video director, Jonathan Reed. Uh, we appreciate your hard work and dedication, my friend. Uh, be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Follow Cousin Dave of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. And recommending you follow the Game Day suite of Twitter accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL. Uh, our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach and John Reed. Shouts out to you again. You're our digital media producer. Yeah, I got these credits mixed up. No big deal. Uh, until we see you all next time, play smart and keep those shifts short. <laughs> <laughs>